If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendship, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Julie. And get excited, Sarah J. Mass fans, because we're diving back into the Throne of Glass series and we're talking all about book two and book three. That's right. We're talking all about Crown of Midnight and Air of Fire. And when I say we, I mean me and our lovely correspondent, Miss Melinda. Welcome back, friend. Hello. It has been quite a year this month. How are you? Oh, I am also feeling that way. And what a wild ride this series has been. Oh my God. I'm so glad we started reading this. I know. This is like the best book club I could have ever asked for. And when I say club, it's just me and you. But (laughs) but (laughs) as a friendly reminder, Melinda and I started reading the Throne of Glass series in prep for Crescent City 3, which rolled out this week. And I have no regrets. I feel very well prepared. What was it? We read the first three books before Crescent City 3 rolled out. Yeah, I finished the first three books and I also read Assassin's Blade. Yeah, overachiever. That being said, what were your initial thoughts on Crown of Midnight and Air of Fire? Oh, when it comes between the two, I think Air of Fire is probably my favorite out of the two of them. Both were absolutely heartbreaking. And I think I messaged you and warned you about Air of Fire. No. Yes? Maybe. <laughs> you can I you were reading ahead of me for Crown of Midnight. Yes. And then in Era of Fire, I surpassed you. You did. Oh my god. <laughs> you were ahead of me through all these books. And for some reason, I just I think I have to thank my audiobook for that because I can sit at work for like five <laughs> hours and just listen. But man, as soon as Era of Fire ended, I wanted to go straight to Queen of Shadows. <laughs> See, and that's where I was too. I was like, I don't want to read Assassin's Blade. I have the Spark Notes version. I'm okay, but I understand the principle of the matter. And I I do feel like I already read out of order to begin with. So I, I'm not upset about it, but I don't want to disrupt the force that is the Sarah J. Mass verse. So here we are <laughs> talking about book two and three. <laughs> I will say book two gave us the answers that we were looking for from our last episode. So we received answers. I'm over the moon about that, but it wasn't as eventful as book three. And it had a lot of, I'll say also had some really sad events. And while book three had more going on, 
I was just way more invested in the Aelin and Rowan storyline. So anytime it went back to Dorian's storyline or Kale's, I was like, I don't want to read this. So, yeah, that that was me with Manon. Yes. I was like, what is the point? What is the point? I know she has a bigger role in the series, but I was just sitting there going, I go back, go back to Rowan and Aelin, please. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Overall, I enjoyed both, and I was just trying to find parallels between Akhtar and Crescent City 3. So, and I would have to say, I think I was partially successful. So, mission accomplished in my mind. As I, um, so as you said, Crescent City 3 came out this week. Mm-hmm. No spoilers. I know. No spoilers. No spoilers. But I finished it. My struggle right now is real. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're grieving right now. I'm grieving you have to wait. and I want, I want to talk about all the things and I'm grieving, but I'm going to do the responsible thing and not say a word. I appreciate that as does the rest of the Sarah J. Maspers. So I realize that it's not an easy task, but I appreciate <laughs> you, friend. So that being said, I'm ready for some tea. Are you ready for some tea? Let's spill it. All right. This is the part of the show where we spill the tea. This means spoilers. So if you have not read Crown of Midnight or Air of Fire by Sarah J. Mass, we're going to spoil it for you. All right. So typically we do a casting segment before we jump into the tea. But because these are books, that's right, folks. It is time to mentally cast who we want to play our favorite characters in the Throne of Glass series. So for Selena Sardothian, I mentally casted Catherine McNamara. For Dorian, I had mentally casted a young Logan Lerman from the Percy Jackson movies. But I think if we're talking like modern, like modern day, <laughs> like right. 10 years ago, in today's casting, I don't know, maybe Jonah Howard King. He was okay. Prince Eric. Oh. For Nehemia, I have Storm Reed. Oh, that's a good one. For the doorknob Mort. Haha. <laughs> okay. Well, I was just like, oh, it's the doorknob from Alice in Wonderland. But I then was thinking, you know, who would I really cast? And I came across Thomas Lennon from Reno 911. Oh, okay. I think that'd be perfect. Yes. Now, the King of Adderlin, I went deep into the archives and I had visually casted John Glover. He was Luther in Smallville. He was Lex's dad. Oh. I pictured him. But that was who I pictured when I read the books. Okay. And for Rowan Whitethorn, everyone's like, oh, it's it's our book boyfriend. It's Henry Cavill, right? <laughs> I did a little bit more research and I came across maybe Colton Haynes. He's my Rowan anyway. And for Maeve, I think it's going to be our favorite fantasy type actress eva green oh okay i i don't care who she is she needs to be in a sarah j mass yeah and something so those are my my casting okay for my alan i was torn between saoirse ronan or taylor momsen from gossip girl okay as my rowan he's brand new to the scene okay so keep that in mind but his name is luke eisner and he's he's fairly new. He's only been in a handful of things. He's never been a starring actor. He's been a supporting character in a handful of things. For the King of Adderlin, I have Rufus Sewell. A thousand percent agree on that. Oh, my God. As Dorian, again, I'm torn because I'm torn between 
Giacomo Giannotti or Fabian Frankel. So Giacomo Giannotti was in Grey's Anatomy and he only was on for maybe two seasons tops. Fabian Frankel was in the first season of House of the Dragon. Sir Kristen? That's so good. Okay. So good. Okay. As Kale, I'm not casting according to age at all. Okay. Let, let me just throw that one out there. As Kale, I have David Barry or Scott Eastwood. Oh, that's good. Thank you. As Nehemia, I have Vanessa Morgan. As Aiden, and this could go either way. I think Aiden could be played by either Charlie Hunnam or Alex Pettifer. And I think Archer could also be played by Charlie Hunnam or Alex Pettifer. Oh, I like Charlie Hunnam. For either one, honestly. Yeah. I, I don't know. I would have him read for both, to mm-hmm. be honest. As Manon, I have Amelia Clark. Okay. As Mort, hear me out, I have Joey Beatty from The Witcher. Yes, gear. <gasps> right? That's a good one. That's a good one. I love that. He's mm-hmm. got all the witty banter. <laughs> as Caltaine, I have Lily Collins. And as Maeve, I'm torn between Angelina Jolie or Famke Jensen. See, I also was thinking Angelina Jolie, too. I think she is a crowd fave. Don't know if she would ever do it, but we're putting it out there. Okay? Yes. And then as Elena, it's either Kate Blanchett or Amanda Siegfried. Yeah, I like Amanda Siegfried. That's a solid, okay. a solid choice. Next serious question. Top three favorite moments from Crown of Midnight. Oh, the scene with Kale and Selena having the dance at the fountain oh. during Dorian's birthday party. Okay. Oh, it was really sweet. He's like, dance with me. That's one of them. The other one is Dorian and Selena in the underground of the library, like towards the end of the book. Oh, okay. Where they find the monster. The yes. quote-unquote monster. Mm-hmm. Oh, that scene just had me on the edge of my seat. And then, of course, when Dorian bought Selena the chocolate and she ate it all in one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> and Dorian came back and he was talking to her and then went, uh, did you eat? There's a little the- judgment there. Yeah. <laughs> so those are my three for uh, Crown of Midnight. My top three for Crown of Midnight, starting with Kale's birthday scene. I felt like I was there. This was written so beautifully. And I was like, I want a date there. Can I book a reservation? I was living for the death of Baba Yellowlegs. Oh, that was so good. I had no idea what the point of her story or her character was until book three. And when she quote unquote kidnapped Selena, I was like, this lady has no idea. She just captured her, her murderer. (laughs) And I was like, okay, she obviously gets out. There's six more books. But that being said, yeah, no, that was super entertaining. My favorite thing from Crown of Midnight was when they discovered the first word key. The quote-unquote word key, which was the tower connected to the underground library. And it makes sense why there was a portal there and how Selena and Nehemia were able to communicate. And then by book three, the other two towers were revealed as the other word keys. And I was like, and it makes sense. <laughs> uh, here we are it finally <laughs> registered okay those were my top three favorite things from crown of midnight now what were your top three favorite moments from air of fire because again there was a lot that went down i think the rowan and alan storyline were my favorite in air of fire oh i loved it when rowan managed to break free his friends during the battle ah. to run towards alan cutting his hand open because he figured out that, you know, she's his 
Karenam. Ah, to whatever end. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, oh my God, it's poetry. <laughs> also, I love the silent conversations that Rowan and Aelin have, like throughout the book. And it's totally reminiscent of Rhysan from Akatar. And the third one is I really like the scene where Aelin is adding to Rowan's tattoo. Rowan, good sir, you do not confine Aelin to your bedroom and have her touch up your tattoo and just be considered maybe a friend. <laughs> what are your favorite scenes? First one was the way Selena turned from Selena to Aelin. And so from human to her fae form, it was very forced <laughs> because of how Rowan just bit her. And he's like, it was week two or three into her not being able to transform. And he was just at his breaking point and he just legit bit her neck and tore off a piece of skin. I was like, sir, consent. Okay. What, what aren't you getting here? She did eventually turn like right then and there. And he was like, ah, finally. And I was like, that's not how you get what you want, sir. And I was, I was low key irritated, but I was like, okay, but we've made progress. I get what you're saying. I don't approve of your method, but I get it. My second favorite moment was the Aelin versus Maeve standoff at the end. Oh, she was just like hitting every bullet point of why Maeve wanted her in the first place. Why Maeve was testing to see how powerful she was. Here's a ring. Boom. You can't take me out because I am more powerful than everyone here. Done. Get it, Aelin. And then my third favorite moment follows that, which was when Rowan became linked to Aelin. Aelin forced Maeve's hand in freeing Rowan. And as an end result, Rowan was like, I need to be bound to you. And she was like, no, 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 your freedom. That's what I did this for. And he was like, yep, don't care right now. She's going to kill you. And we are definitely stronger together. I don't care what eternity means. I'm immortal. I'm not worried about it. And he saw the bigger picture in that situation. He put her first in that situation and her safety. And they became bound. And... Thus, he became the first member of her court, and it caught me right in my feels. And I was like, all right, Rowan, you've officially grown on me, sir. Those were my top three favorite moments. I have a theory because I think I found an Easter egg and or a parallel from Throne of Glass that could be a part of the Akatar series. Okay, so my theory is Abraxas and Braxis are the same creature. So Manon's Wyvern is the creature in the library in Akatar. The creature that uh, Cassian was afraid of and shot straight through the library. He was like, nope, nope.com. <laughs> not today. Uh-uh. And it's not just the name. So Abraxas uh, and Braxis. It's one of the blue blood, which is insinuated that the wyverns actually speak. And we could tell that Abraxas was definitely comprehending what Manon was saying. And Braxis was full on speaking to Feyre during Akawar. So... I could be wrong, but that is my fan theory that I'm throwing out there. Yeah, that's actually an interesting one. Yeah. What are you looking forward to in the next Throne of Glass book? Well, we know that the story follows Aelin, Rowan, Kaol, Dorian. Mm -hmm. So I'm waiting for that reunion. That'll be interesting. Aelin's and Rowan's relationship is kind of growing on me. Oh, yeah. And oh, my poor baby Dorian, like <laughs> after Era <laughs> Fire. Right. I just want him to be okay. <laughs> right. And while we didn't highlight the sad parts of both books, there were 
massive sad parts that I'm still trying to heal from. <laughs> and Dorian was greatly affected by both, to be honest. I am definitely team Aelin and Rowan, and I'm so invested in that storyline. While reading book three, I was like, can we get to the good part, please? That is what I'm absolutely living for. And last but not least, do you have any honorable mentions? I do. Oh, the scene at the festival where Aelin is trying to control her magic, but then overheats herself. So Rowan carries her, like runs back and just dumps her into an ice bath and cares for her like the whole night. Oh, shout out to that scene. Oh, and also scene with the skinwalkers, I want to say it were. Oh, the flag. yeah. And they find Aelin and Rowan comes over and like basically like tries to smother her to cover her scent in the tree. That's when they started warming up to Rowan. I was like, okay, red flag here, red flag there, beige flag. <laughs> I would have to say I really loved Emrys and Luca, especially their story time and all the cheese man they had to give on Maeve. Selena's just washing dishes. You're like, no, tell me more. Don't know what else is going on. <laughs> Only to use it in that final scene where she, that final standoff scene with Maeve. I was like, yes, homegirl listened. Here we go. And I, I'm just putting it out there. But if an Airbnb situation popped up in Mistward or Dornell, I'd sign up for it. I immediately looked up the fan art for Dornell and Mistward and it is stunning. Again, Sarah J Mass world building. Never fails. And never. Oh, it's so good. Beautiful. Beautiful. And now it's time for the spotlight of the week. Looking for a quick and honest review on an upcoming movie? Check out Parking Lot Reviews, where our lovely correspondent, Miss China, gives her hot take on a variety of movies the moment she leaves the theater. Follow Parking Lot Reviews on TikTok and Instagram at Parking Lot Reviews. The Fangirls Podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network, and we want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts for a new, fun, fandom episode of the Fangirls Podcast. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following. Sarah J. Mass, Bloomsbury Publishing, or any other media mentioned today. We're just fans who are currently unavailable at the moment because of House of Flame and Shadows. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.